Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran joining me in studio by phone and got a packed show for you today. Going to be talking some Broncos stuff, Darius Slay potential, Stefan Diggs potential, etc. And also CBA leagues and the potential for a 17 game schedule and uh, three-game preseason also mixing up the playoff field. So, Ryan, let's start off with the Broncos subjects. And Darius Slay been reported that uh, the Lions have spoken with multiple teams about the all-pro cornerback. Now, the question is, uh, is he an upgrade over what you know in Chris Harris Jr., who you could potentially bring back as well? Yeah, Kyle, that, that's, what I, that's what I wrestled with when I was writing that story earlier this week is – is it the guy you know, even though he may be a couple years older than Chris Harris, or do you really just want to start over at that position and you know trade a second or third round pick for Darius Slay, sign him to a contract extension worth fifteen million dollars a year, and then also draft another one because uh, I think this team needs two corners, and I would say that even if Chris Harris does resign, and I would not rule that out either, uh, if he finds the market is not what uh, he anticipated, so. I mean, I think Slay is a good player. Uh, he just hasn't hit it off with Matt Patricia. It seems like an oil and water situation. And, uh, you know, the, the Lions are interesting, though. This is He is still a good player. And, and Patricia, GM, Bob Quinn, they're in a winner else 2020 season. Ownership is basically mandated. They expect this, the Lions to make the playoffs. That's a big ask. And so why would you trade one of your top cover corners? So it's a, a lot. Uh, I think it would be... I've been told probably be a long shot on him, but it just shows that whenever there's going to be a corner out there, they're going to be connected to the Broncos just because of the, the need is so great. You know, Byron Jones from Dallas is scheduled to be a free agent. He could cost more than fifteen million. You know, do you like him that much, or do you want to go with Chris Harris at twelve to twelve or thirteen, and then draft one in the first round and maybe go that route? So, you know, they do have options. The Broncos only healthy under contract cornerbacks are Isaac Yadam, Duke Dawson, Devonte Harris. Of course, all three of those guys experienced their trials and tribulations in two thousand nineteen, getting sent to the bench respectively, each at different points. And of course, you got Bryce Callahan, but uh, he didn't play all of last season due to that foot injury. Who knows how healthy or on track he's going to be going into a spring ball here. So lots of yeah, questions there at the yeah, corner. Just cut you out there quick on that corners with Callahan. They got to have a plan B because last year they didn't. Right. It was Kareem Jackson who was exposed at corner. He lasted four games before they had to put Dawson. And then Chris Harris had to play a lot inside. So I think if you're the Broncos, you hope Callahan will be ready to go. Uh, you know when camp starts in July, but you got in the in the front of your mind, you got to say, okay, they got to get a guy who can play the nickel in case Callahan breaks down, and this may be his last year at the team anyway. So, you know, you, you know they have they have to look at the present, but also look at the future at that position. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran talking potential Broncos offseason acquisitions. And we'll look to the other side of the ball now on offense. Of course, they got Cortland Sutton as their number one dude, but Stefan Diggs, wide out up in Minnesota, uh, his name's been floating around the trade market, and he could be a big add alongside Sutton if they're not going to look to the to the draft, which is obviously loaded with wideouts into itself. I mean, see, Diggs is the one I would I would uh, pinpoint. Uh, you know, Minnesota is tight against the cap. Yes, you can create space very easily, 
but this could be more of a salary dump situation, which means the Broncos could get could get Stephon Diggs for a third round pick, and they have three of those, so they can they have some flexibility there. You know, Diggs played for Pat Shermer for a year and a half in Minnesota when Pat called the place for Lakey, so there's that connection. There would be that comfort level. Think of a jump shot about Diggs, big plays. He was second in the league this past year in, in yards per catch with among guys with more than 60 catches, so he knows how to stretch the field. He knows, understands routes and angles. He's not going to be a speed demon, but he's a pro receiver. I think he'd be great opposite of Sutton. I think he'd be great for that room, even though he has been mercurial in the past. And this doesn't rule out them drafting a receiver who is, you know, who is a speed guy in the first three rounds. So, you know, Diggs' contract, he has four years left on it. The cap numbers remain pretty steady in the $14 million range. He's only 26. This team needs to do things to help Drew Locke. Stephon Diggs would be a great addition. I mean, to me, I would go all in um, instead of waiting for the draft. And the first round and the free agents, this guy would be somebody who'd make this offense better. And that would allow the Broncos in the draft to go say, hey, interior offensive line, corner, inside linebacker, that kind of thing, knowing that you have the receiver spot addressed early. Diggs certainly would be a huge acquisition, like you said, plug-and-play for Locke alongside Sutton. Uh, Diggs, two straight 1,000-plus yard receiving seasons. He's got 30 career receiving touchdowns, and like you said, Ryan, the knack for the big play. So uh, we'll be determined. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure, uh, Ryan, you'll have more analysis uh, coming up here on- online and in the paper. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast you're listening to, talking some potential Broncos ads this offseason. But let's shift gears now and talk about those CBA leaks. And, of course, none of this is is official yet, but uh, this proposal would increase the regular season to 17 games preseason shortened to three games and then also a uh, proposed playoff format that would revise what we got going on right now. Only one team from each conference receiving a bye and uh, that would mean a revised postseason schedule with six games on Wild Card Weekend, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. So it's not official yet, but Ryan, initial thoughts, feelings on the proposal? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's like some of the liberal media brainwashes the fans into thinking more regular season football is bad. Wait, liberal, <laughs> me- liberal media or the Denver Mafia? Who are we talking uh, about here? The, the Denver, Denver Media, media Mafia. mafia. <laughs> quiet on this so far i think they're i think they're organizing at a local coffee shop maybe just you know trying to come up with a, an, an attack approach right. uh while some of us just sort of sit on the side and let it happen i think there's still a couple of steps to go here in terms of an agreement the, uh, the owners are gathering in new york the players are having a conference call on friday we're, we're, we're speaking right now thursday morning uh let's start with the 17 game schedule this would not be an effect for 2020. It may not be in effect for 2021. The players want to push that, push this out as far as they can. They want 2023 reportedly to which the, most of the players won't even be in the league by then. Um, the three-game preseason, that makes a ton of sense. So you, you have a 20-game model. My question would be, okay, that extra game, who is it going to be? Is it going to be a, against a, a team from another conference? Is it going to be the same team each year for a couple of years? So that's that's something that will be gleaned later on. But you know, fans fans can can not expect uh, an expanded schedule this year. It's going to be four preseason, sixteen regular season, and what what the owners obviously want is they want to keep the ten game season ticket model. 
Right. Which means I, I would assume one year be you, if you have one preseason home game, you'll have nine regular season home games next year, two and eight, and, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, the preseason, I would have been fine cutting it down to two uh, because the Broncos basically treated it as a two-game preseason this past year. And you know, if that worked, they started going four. Maybe they changed it up a little bit. But uh, you know, my you know my deal. Uh, is also on the scheduling is the NFL has been loath to start their season before Memorial day or excuse me, before labor day. So, okay. That if you, if you, if you hold fast to that, that stretches the regular season into just say January 8th or 9th, that stretches the Super Bowl and the president's day weekend. I think that's what the league has their eye on because February is a TV ratings wasteland for sports. And they can, they can wedge their way into that. That would be good for their bottom line. It would increase their revenues, and then you could push the combine further in the March. And I'm, I'm guessing free agency would be late March, and the calendar would just move a little bit. But the expanded playoff field is probably what I should have started with, because that could happen right away. Right. Uh, seven and seven, as you said, one team each conference gets a buy. I mean, to me, it's fine uh, because. That means more meaningful football in December. That means a hell of a wild card weekend with two triple headers. Um, that I think that would be great theater. And let's face it, it gives rebuilding teams who think they're close, it gives them hope. I put the Broncos in that category. Kansas City runs this division, the AFC West. Uh, but if you go 9-7, and seven, you have a very good chance of getting in. If you go 8-8 eight eight, on on a rare year, maybe you could still get in. So I think what the owners want is they wanted to create more drama in December, more teams that are playing for something, not just limping to the finish line. And I think this would do that. Uh, this would achieve that uh, very easily. Well, and you're seeing Ryan major league baseball reportedly proposing the same thing to uh, expand the postseason. And, you know, just like with the Broncos, with the Rockies, that can only help them. Uh, Rockies, of course, have never won the division title in 2017 seasons going on 28 now and like you mentioned for the Broncos with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs likely running the show in the AFC West for the several years to come if not decade uh, this could only be good for for local teams in in terms of the expanded playoffs but I do wonder Ryan you know the increase of the regular season to 17 games you made a good point that might not go into effect until a lot of the guys, current players are out of the league anyways, but there's long been a pushback to that saying, you know, guys saying, Hey, 16 games is, is already hard enough on our bodies. Well, that's fine. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the, the salary cap will go up because the revenues will go up with an extra week of TV games. You know, from a player standpoint, this is what I would come back for. I want the I want the roster expanded by two guys to a fifty-five man roster, and I want to eliminate game day inactives. Those are useless. You're paying those guys to watch the game and sweat. Um, so, from a football standpoint, that, those, those would have been my suggestions. You know, they are clamoring for a bigger piece of the revenue pie, which is understandable. But and on the flip side, you go back to the start of the season, you see, yeah, and I think the NFL owners are very tactful in the league office, is they, they leaked this stuff to ESPN on Wednesday night. Just, they, get, I, they just wanted a barometer to see what the response would be. And the training camp part was interesting to me because right now when you start camp, there's an acclimation period of three days before you can wear pads. They want to make it five days. So the first week is basically like mini camp. 
that gives guys only about a week under their pads before a preseason game. And then also they want to limit hitting in camp overall. Well, I think a lot of coaches do that anyways. Um, you know, two days are outlawed. They don't do that anymore. But you rarely see, you know, three straight days of full pads. So I'm not sure. The adjustment will be at the beginning of camp, not so much uh, when, when, when the pads go on. But, um, you know, if I'm a player – I mean, the 17 game thing, it's one extra game. You know, you're getting compensated for that game. Uh, you, know, let's, you know, I think that was always going to be a part of this CBA as long as the, the owners were willing to give some concessions, which it sounds like they are. Like you said, Ryan, the revenue share, uh, they would go from a 47% model on, under the current deal at 16 games. If they went to 17 games, they get 485 that shifted about $5 billion in revenue to the players' side. So plenty of financial incentive, uh, certainly, on the players' side to get this done. Again, folks, First in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout the offseason. You can find analysis on Darius Slay, uh, soon-to-be analysis on Stefan Diggs, and much, much more, especially as the combine and the draft are coming up. Ryan, thanks for uh, joining us, man, and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking again soon in person or on another pod. Hopefully in person, but probably on another pod, right? All right, Kyle. Take care now. Again, folks, thanks for listening in, and take it easy.